All right, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was going to say was that, um, you know, as comics who've spent time in New York, I know you're not from New York, I'm from New York, but mm-hmm. we met in New York. It's mm-hmm. like, also the way in which we talk to each other is way different. Like, we... That's true. We roast, we go in, mm-hmm. we make fun mm-hmm. of... You mm-hmm. can't do that with everybody. So, like... Yeah. So, like, you like, is anything you don't want? It don't matter what you ask me. Either I'll answer it or I'll figure out a funny way to deflect. Exactly. Or roast you. Exactly. Like, I roasted you at your show, and people were like, damn, why was she Yeah, I know, I know. And I'm in the back like, oh, man. You know, I I knew you were going to say something. I feel like New York comics, especially, like, New Yorkers that do comedy in New York, they always... I wonder if y'all ever like just have a go-to thing to say off the rip i feel like it's always like oh you mean like the first thing yeah yeah it's always like it could be anything it could literally be anything yeah 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 it's like like there's like a level of confidence there but also it's always like finding the joke Mm -hmm. so fast in what just happened that yeah Yeah. i think you have to right Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. you know Whenever you are in an environment where everybody acknowledges something is off, yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't you. Hey, no, we ain't got to we ain't got to get into all the specifics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, whenever the vibe feels a little off, it's mm-hmm. to me in my experience, it's best to acknowledge that the vibe is off. Sure, and then be like, let's move past it versus yeah. trying to skirt around it. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, but I also what I don't do is I don't. I don't directly attack a person's material. Okay. Like, I'll never make fun of a joke that bombed. I'll never make oh, fun yeah. of, like, a person. Like, I'll never talk now, about a person. I'll talk about the room. I'll talk about the audience. I'll talk about the venue. I'll talk about mm-hmm. what's on the wall. You know, I'll talk about, you know, the loud-ass people talking in the back. But I'll never I'll never throw a comedian under the bus yeah. maliciously. Now, I'll, I'll tag up your joke. Yeah, I'll tag up your joke. That's cool, but then but that's and love. then and then afterwards, I'll be like, "All that you can have." Yeah, I'm never I can't gonna... get there without you. You got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the worst is when people. I think when people out here, I've noticed that people be trying to tag jokes, and I'll be like, "You don't have the authority to." No, no. Tag, tag anything. <laughs> is, 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 is Brooklyn in it tonight? <laughs> Welcome back to the Inconsistent (laughs) Podcast with Rob Hayes. I'm here with my special guest, Chloe Hilliard. Yeah. In the building. Yeah. From Brooklyn. That's right. Oh, I can't say what I would normally say because now I live in Los Angeles. Oh, what would you normally say? BK all day, but you can't say that here because it means blood killer all day. I did not know that. Uh, someone told me. He, he was like, don't ever say that out loud. You know, really? Because when you are from New York and when you're from Brooklyn, you're very boastful and proud of where you're from. Yeah. And, you know, there's like an old joke. They even said it like on... um. When what was it called? It like the Boondocks was like mm-hmm. a still a script, like a cartoon. I remember they were like, you can take, you can tell people from Brooklyn because they yell at everywhere they are. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. And yeah, you can't be yelling because in New York you be like BK all that you can't. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Also, it's like I feel like LA appropriated some New York stuff just to like 
kind of put New York people in their place. Like no. one gang was like, we're taking the Yankee hat. And oh, it's like, yeah. you guys know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything to you guys, but you know exactly what's going on. Listen, you know what it is that like when that person told me about, you know, not saying, you know, BK, um, I was like, thank you for letting me know because yeah. moving here, and I know you experienced this moving here from you know Atlanta and then New York and then here. It's like mm-hmm. you experienced three different type of black people, like three, sure, like three different regions, three different like yeah. cultures and words and slang and all of that stuff. And so when I came here, I learned a lot about like the you know black LA and the history and like you mm-hmm. know gangs and all that stuff and. You know, in New York, we used to make fun of gangs. Like, people were like, look at these corny people, like, fighting over whatever. Right. But, like, it was, like, the way the crack epidemic ravaged, like, New York and, you know, Harlem, Brooklyn, all that stuff. Like, during that same time, that was the crack epidemic and the gang epidemic here in L.A. Yeah. And so yeah. we didn't experience that. We got the yeah. gangs late. So by the time the Bloods and the Crips came to New York, everybody was like, this is goofy. Why are y'all mm-hmm. doing this shit now? Mm-hmm. But out here, it was like it really impacted people's livelihoods and like sure. their upbringings, especially like black men. I talked to like black men from here, and they were like, "It was not, it was not fun. It was not yeah. like rolling down the street with your homies. It was like you can't go on certain streets, mm-hmm. you know." So when you think about all that trauma that impacts you, you're just like, "Yeah, we we as black people, we got a lot of shit going on, de- depending on the region and all yeah, that shit. It's a yeah. lot of shit that we carry with us, and it's and it's interesting to hear other people's experiences because." You know, people love to think we're a monolith, and we are not. We are not. And then also, like like you said, three different types of black people, but also three different cities that attract different black people migrate there. Mm-hmm. So in the South, you'll get people from Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, yeah. the Carolinas, Florida, New Orleans, and their kind of culture and some of the things that, that, that they do and they're accustomed to. New York, you'll get people from the islands. Mm-hmm. You'll get people from the Northeast region. Out here, you'll get people, you know, who are from the West Coast, Portland, yeah. Seattle, you know, Arizona. And Texas. You a know, lot of te- Texas. A lot Texas. of Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, and all those people are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, No, for sure. Also, there's like roots to like they the gang stuff all the way to the, the Panthers and the displacement oh, of the yeah, Panthers. Yeah. And, you, know, you know, it's kind of I mean, like... Listen, that's that's the know. craziest part. Like, when you actually know the history of, like, gangs, black gangs in America, they mm-hmm. were actually doing good, and then yeah. something, something happened. Something <laughs> something happened, you know. You know, capitalism, money, you know. I know. All kind of stuff. We're... You know what's so crazy? I just read an article last night that crack is back in New York. Really? Crack, the, there's a new, like, like bubbling crack epidemic happening in New York, going for, like, $5 a pop. Crack, cocaine, fentanyl is back on the streets. And I'm like, see, see now I have a lot of questions. Because, yeah. <laughs> because. Where are you, like, where are you doing this? Yes. Who are you with in New York? What have you not learned? What, what have, have you, you not, not seen? learned? But also, like. Somebody sees you doing it. There's nowhere to just do something yeah. by yourself in New York. No, there isn't. But I remember one time I was, I want to say maybe like 17, 18. All I know it was the Mummy 2 or 3. Whichever one was the bad one when they were like flying in a hot air balloon. Okay. I think that might have been like Mummy 3. Okay. But that was in the theaters and me and my friends went to the, go see it in the theaters. 
And back in the day, like we would just go to the movies because there was nothing shit else going on. You can mm-hmm. go, you can go see mm-hmm. a five dollar movie. So we went to the movies. We brought our own like snacks and heroes and whatever. And it was not crowded at all. And it was the movie theater that is now the IFC theater on the corner of Sixth Avenue and West Fourth Street. In okay. The so now, okay. That now, but that's a fancy like art house. Theater. Yeah. Back yeah. Back in the day, it was like. Two dollar Tuesdays, coming here and watching really? shit. Yeah, it was like crummy, and so we were in there, and we just saw like a billow of smoke coming mm-hmm. up in like the front, like couple rows, and we were like, "Where the fuck is the smoke? This is not. This is way before like four DX. <laughs> like a part we of the don't movie. even got three D, right? And so we just <laughs> like, what is this billow of smoke going on? And then we kept seeing it, and we smelled it, and it smelled like this, like sweet, like it's like a milky sweet, like scent. And then somebody was like. Yo, they smoking crack. And oh it was my like, god! Like the pa- the fear and everybody in that theater yeah. being like, "Yo, I'm legit inhaling crack yeah, smoke right now." Yeah. And so like secondhand crack yeah, smoke. Yeah. So like you know, it was a bunch of like junkies in the front, like they because it was two dollars to get in or whatever. Yeah. So they was like, "Yo, we about to smoke in the theater," and they okay. was like in the front, which is crazy because it's like if you gonna smoke in a theater, you guys you should be doing it in the back, like the back row, not the front row yeah. where the smoke is gonna put the in smoke front of- in front of the mummy. <laughs> yeah. There's no smoke in this part. And this guy, you know, mad people got up and left, and they was like, yo, they fucking smoking crack in the theater. And this man was like, my girl home from um, from leave, and she had on her, like, military uniform. He was like, she can't go back to the army with fucking crack and all along. And we were like, <laughs> <laughs> we was like, yo, <laughs> get us out of here. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's, that's wild. Man, but they bringing it back now. But I also want to be like, wh- like why? Like, but also I noticed like one. How did they get to the like, press? I, uh, How did they get to the press before I see somebody in their story? Like, hey man, we had to kick them out of the party. They they out here doing wild. Yeah. yeah, no, the, the NYPD pr- report, which also is like you know I'm looking at, but you know. I think a part of it is, and that's why the story of like crack coming back in New York is like kind of like mm, I'm looking at it with like a magnifying glass because one. If the NYPD is pushing the story that crack is back, then they get to push, we need to fight drugs. And then they yeah, get to push, we need yeah, more money, we yo. need more budget, we need to stop. We, do, need, our, we, we need, need the armor. Yeah. We need the we guns. We need the robot We dogs. need to be able to kick in the doors, Listen, you know. Ain't 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 nobody ever needed a robot dog to take right. down crack. Like, you know, so, yeah. but this that's what they may use it to justify spending all of this money mm, frivolously. Mm. Um, and then also it's like, and also in the article, they were like new dr- new cocaine or crack coming from, and they named like a South American country. It's like, well, if you know what country it's coming from, shut that shit down over yeah. there. Why are you yeah. letting it get to the neighborhoods in the black community before you be like, yeah, we traced it back, but we don't know where it's coming from. You clearly know where it's coming from, but then it also goes back to like the whole Iron Contra thing when it's like, well, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. are y'all funding a coup and now we got to deal with crack? And I'm like, so it's like, what what is about to happen if crack is coming back? You know it's black people? Did the article say it's black people doing it? Because I've seen people doing crack on girls. Uh, yeah, well, listen, I feel like <laughs> I, hey, they hey. didn't specify the race of the crack person. You know what I'm saying? User, like, but... like, I don't want to assume that the new 2023 crackhead listen, is black. If they if they normalize, if they open up an Apple Store st- style dispensary and they and they selling crack rock now, <laughs> shut it all down. <laughs> Chloe, um, I see. I feel like I first learned of you watching Last Comic Standing. Ooh. I was hating. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> I was. I just did NBC stand up, 
And so I'm like, the NBC knows me. Mm. Who are these 100 people? I know, right? You know? But then I see you are so funny. And then uh, some of the people I met visiting New York were like all your homies. Mm-hmm. Derek Gaines and, and Monroe Martin. Mm-hmm. and Reggie uh, Conquest. Reggie Conquest. Dave Temple. You know, uh, Chris yep. Cotton, RP. Yep. You know, and so just... Just knowing that, it was like, oh, I know, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when we did uh, the Mid-Atlantic Festival for NACA, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I, I'm trying to make Chloe laugh. Like, I, <laughs> like everybody else, they'll they'll come along, but I, you know, I want to make Chloe laugh. because oh, Yeah, I've been a fan for a long time. So it's dope, that. dope to see all, all the stuff you're doing, everything. You're a writer on... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this past... Black well, Lady this Sketch upcoming show. season, yeah. Uh, this this week is the premiere of season four of A Black Lady Sketch Show where I served as co-head writer, co-executive producer. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fun. Big titles. Yeah, you know, Hollywood loves Boss. titles. They yeah. love titles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How is that? How is that coming into something like you weren't there in the mm-hmm. beginning and then coming through and, like you know, yeah. making it your own. Well, you know, I joined in season three as a writer-producer, and then season four got promoted to co-head writer, co-EP. And I would say, honestly, that this has been a, a life-changing experience in the, in the sense of, like, I get to work in a, a writer's room that's all black women, you know, created by Robin Thede. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been given the opportunity to, like, move up the ladder and learn a bunch of things. I'm on, you know, I'm on set. I'm learning and doing and being a part of all these moving parts. And, you know, for me, it, it feels like just a combination of all of my life until this point. You know, I used to be a journalist. Wow. Yeah, I was a journalist. And then I was a comedian. And then, you know, I would do consulting work. I, You know, I know a lot about the digital space because I taught myself that back in the day. And taught okay. myself video editing back in the day. You know, so like now yeah. I see like all the things that I've kind of like taught myself or learn from osmosis. See it like now coming into to play. It's like, oh, okay, I get, I understand life paths now like mm-hmm. you know you when you get to a certain age like i'm 42 and i always tell my age and i hate when people are like i don't know why you tell your age i love telling that's my illegal age. out here oh i They'll love lock it you up oh i love telling your age oh, I love you wild yeah. i love it because i need you to have a point of reference i need you to understand contextually who i am why i am and why mm-hmm. i get to say the shit that i get to say because if i'm on stage as a comic and i'm talking about stuff and you don't realize my age you're like what it, so you have a, you have a, you I know you see I'm not gonna name no names but I know you've seen like younger comics who maybe started like in their teens or twenties yeah and they get on stage and they talking and you be like what the fuck are you talking like you have no yeah. authority to talk about the shit that you're talking about or you don't know what you're talking about yeah and you don't even know that you sound crazy crazy because yeah. you read the newspaper and was like I'm gonna try and do this Wall Street Journal joke and mm-hmm, it's like nah mm-hmm. bro that's not your life. So I always talk about my age because I'm proud of my age. I'm proud of being 42, single, okay. no kids, chilling. Like, mm-hmm. I'm ch- and I also know that if I wasn't 42, single, with no kids, I probably would not have the life that I have right now. And that's, that's because real. I chose to make decisions in my life that gave me the freedom to move across country during a pandemic and start a third career. Yeah. I remember calling you a millennial one time, and you was like, Rob, I'm not a millennial. <laughs> and I was like, what? 
I thought you was with us. She was no, like, nah, I'm at the, co- I'm at the, the cut off. I'm at the comment. I'm like close. <laughs> like I guess they call it X lineal. Is that the Gen X? Okay, okay. Right? Gen X X lineal, maybe. I don't know. I'm on, I'm definitely on the I'm on the cusp, but I'm I I I tend to say I'm Gen. Okay. Was it Gen X, Gen Z, Gen X? Gen X. Gen X. Z yeah. is G After. is Tide Pods. Yeah, yeah, I don't even. Oh damn, that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. A whole generation being something about. But you know what? It, we kind of be like, what was happening in your household that y'all did not know not to eat Tide Pods? Come on. Wow. They had to pull that and shit then off do the it market. on camera. Not only were they doing it, they did it on camera. Yes, we put batteries in the fridge. But we didn't use our disposable camera and take a picture of us putting batteries in the fridge. We barely even talked about it. No, it was just like, oh, that's just what you do. You mm-hmm. even you need you would go to a friend's house and you wouldn't even know they did it until you just had to get ice for some shit and, or icy. They'd be like, <laughs> go on the, and you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And you'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> you were a journalist. Yeah, I was a journalist for over a decade. What like like what kind of journalism like what? Um, I was a um, I was a I'm trying to think because I did a couple different things. So when I graduated college, I worked for a women's magazine at Hearst Magazines. Okay. Um, that did that for like you know two years and that folded because nobody was buying a magazine. Um, and then when I was in college, I interned at the Source, and so I ended up going back to the what? Source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went you ever to- gave something mics? No, I never, I never weighed in because I, I knew music, like music criticism was not my strong suit. I okay. was like, I was like culture, politics, like social stuff, like hip hop related, like oh, social that, stuff. Oh, that's article, article. Yeah, there yeah, ain't yeah, even yeah. no pictures in there. It's nah, just like in words. a gray square or yeah. something. I left the music, I left the music <laughs> to the professionals because like it would get real heated and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and also like. I love I love hip hop culture. I love hip hop music, but I was never like a hardcore like rap girl. You know, like okay. I wasn't about to sit here and like spit bars and go back with verses. Like I would listen to something if it was like percolating big enough to have a conversation or if yeah. I like certain things. But I would never like beat my chest and go to war over like somebody's album. I was just like it was cool, you know. But here, okay. but but when I was at the source, I did cover a lot of like social political things, and it was important at the time because social media wasn't even in existence mm-hmm. and so people still look to you know periodicals magazines that came out you know with a three-month lead to find out what the fuck was going on in yeah. the world or in hip-hop culture so i was an editor at the source i was a managing editor at vibe magazine i was a staff writer at the village what? voice mm-hmm. Dang. yeah uh, i was at the village voice and did a uh did a did a lot of like like groundbreaking um reporting at the voice where I still covered like black culture you know okay. and so I did some really good articles that I'm really proud of um over there and then I went to a startup cuz I started doing comedy I started doing stand up and I was like well you know my job oh no I was at vibe so when I left I left vibe for stand up on the low okay like, so um, like what era vibe? Like who was on the cover? Nah, see, that's the thing. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the crazy thing about my career, right? <laughs> I always managed to get to like the big brand as it was descending, right? And so, oh, okay. So you was at the source when they had beef with Eminem? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I was intern at the source, that that beef was like percolating, but okay, it was kind of like, okay. mm, what's the big deal? And then when I got back to the source, you know, so when put like this, when I interned at the source in college, 
it was the number like one of the number one selling n- magazines on newsstands, mm-hmm. right? And so you know people weren't getting like mail and subscriptions, sure, but like people would still go to the newsstand and buy like their magazines for the month. Yeah, and so the magazine at the time would be like. 360 pages it was like huge like it was called like the hip-hop bible like mm-hmm, for a reason mm-hmm. and then when i got back there a couple years later the shit was like 120 pages yeah. and, you know the industry had changed things were starting to go online pictures getting bigger huge massive yeah pictures. articles getting smaller yeah, beef getting bigger so now you know now yeah. the music industry ain't really fucking with the source mm-hmm, like that because mm-hmm. of all the beefs that they had which are well documented so i'm not saying that's something that's not been you know sure talked about. sure sure um and so then that was hard because, you know, to go from something where it's like a robust staff to being like a core of maybe like 12, 15 people trying to like make a magazine. And yeah. So it was plenty of nights where I was like sleeping at my desk, staying overnight, trying to get the magazine closed on time to the printer, making, you know, making sure everything was done with like a shoestring budget. Um, and then I'm, and then when I got to Vibe, it had just left, like it had just been sold from like the, you mm, know, from like the Quincy Jones. Quincy, it was like way past Quincy Jones. Okay. Our offices was on 125th Street. <laughs> okay. Like by around the corner from the methadone clinic. Like it was right. not, it was Vibe and Title, but not in the luxury. So gotcha. it was another like sludge fest of like trying to get this brand out and. By that point, we were moving to, like, social media and digital. And so that's what I taught myself a lot about Twitter. Like, Mm. I was early on Twitter. I was early on SEO and all that shit. And that's when it was all about aggregation, which was just stealing other people's content because we didn't have the money to pay for reporters or reporting or researchers or fact-checking. So What a time. It was, like, yo. What a time. I went from being. faves was out here screenshotting, no credit. Copy-pasting, copy-pasting. And it just killed me because by that point, by the time I got to Vibe, I had already been at the Village Voice and I was doing, like, investigative months long reporting and yeah. like interviewing sources and backup and fact checking and having to prove that who I talked to was who I you know like all of these like checks and balances and then mm-hmm. by the time I got to Vibe they was like yeah we need you to uh, aggregate 30 stories a day for the digital but like when I tell you early like early online space was crazy so like when you aggregate a story what do you do you just summarize what yeah, someone else's else else work mm-hmm. yeah and then be like according to yep and you just and, put a little link back to their thing. And then a lot of these big companies, I mean, that's also a major part of the reason why they started doing paywalls because it's like, you're going to pay to steal this content. You ain't yeah, going to just be over yeah. here perusing. Um, and then you would just have to like summarize their shit and then post it up. Mm. And then hopefully you get some clicks and some likes. But like that or those early social media days were crazy. The paywall might be why like, so much stuff is just people just make a fake headline and mm-hmm. then people just run with it because yeah. now people are like we're not even no. we're just gonna report on the headline yeah well around that time when we were like stealing content um people <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it was aggregating aggregating, aggregating for the lawyers out there they what they wasn't stealing they was just aggregating. Oh, no, the lawyers it's all, knew. It's all agricultural. Oh, no, no, the lawyers knew because they would send, like, like send notices being like, take our content down. Oh, okay. You know? All and right. Al- and also pictures, too. Like, it, pictures were really big because if he was stealing other people's pictures, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was, like, this big thing that happened because everybody was just stealing people's stuff. And then, like, this, like, some lawyer got the wherewithal to, like, notify all these photographers and be like, everybody's stealing your shit. We might as well just, like, sue them. And so they sued everybody, and then Ooh. you couldn't, like, use images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was crazy. Um, 
that's when the listicles was popping. Yeah, so yeah, that's Yo, what I was about to say. The listicles was pick, popping. Get a put it in a list. Yup, put it in a <laughs> list. And also, and the crazy thing is, and then it had to be click-throughs, because back then you were monetized by actual clicks. So okay. if you had a listicle, it would be 25 clicks. Okay. And you would, and then you, so that way you can reload all the advertisements and you'd be you like. Put a little ad in yeah, there. Yeah, you like, yeah. we got all these impressions. And so mm-hmm. now it's crazy because nobody goes on a web, like nobody's going to websites for content. They're going to social media for content yeah and so all of those things that people did back in the day i feel like contribute to you know the aggregation of everything everybody's still in everybody's content you know the fact mm-hmm. that we have all of these social media influencers who can just mouth the words to our jokes and make money off yeah. of it you know so yeah. it was a slippery slope but we definitely seeing you know the, mm-hmm. the years mm-hmm. of what happens after are you are you worried about the the banning of TikTok? Do you think that's that's a bad thing? That's a good thing? So okay, so the thing with TikTok, right, is that I hate the fact that people are pushing back on what the and I hate to fa- I hate the fact that I have to even agree with the GOP at all. But I hate the fact that people are pushing back as if the GOP just doesn't want people to know information, which is partially true. Yeah. But the more sinister thing about it is that it is run by a foreign entity that is programming the algorithm to show us Americans shit that they don't show in other countries. So it dumbs us down. Like they Mm -hmm. are, they're literally making us the people and Wally. Like they're making us the idiots who are just consuming shit and it's so addictive. And and I'm going to sound old here. I don't have TikTok because when I had it, for two reasons. When I had it, one, they always flag my content. They always flag my jokes. Really? And you know my material is not raunchy, but my material no. is my material is political. It is, you know, um, from a woman's point of view, it mm-hmm. is asking questions and calling out, like, you know, ridiculousness. So they don't like that shit, right? Mm. So my stuff gets flagged because if, you know, if I was in China... With my material, I would not allow to have my material shown to the public. Yeah. Because of just their political ideologies, communism, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not over here acting like I'm a Black Panther beating my chest, but like I ask questions, you know? Yeah, I ask yeah. questions, I talk about things. And so every time I would post a comedy clip, it would get flagged every single time. Jeez. So that annoyed me. Um, and then the other thing, just even looking at it as like a consumer, like I remember one time I was in bed and I was like, oh, let me see what's on TikTok. And this one I had the app on my phone and legit four hours later, I was like, where the fuck did the time go? Because Dang. it's legit addictive to our no, to it, our brains. It doesn't even listen to what you tell it. Yeah. Like, you know how normally an app, you tell it, hey, I like this, I like that, I like mm-hmm. this. It don't even really listen to that. It yeah. listens to what you do, mm-hmm. not what you say. Yeah, you could say you this person, but it's like no, Rob. You want every video of Michael Jackson from the seventies. Mm-hmm. The minute it's uploaded, it's going straight to you. Yeah, you're gonna see that Jackson Five <laughs> performance. Like I don't know, I don't know what your thing is, but whatever it is, Look, it I figured it out. I, no, four I even, hours. I don't even know what my thing is, but mm-hmm. but but what I'm saying is that we have to acknowledge that. Social media is not about social media. Sure. Social media is about data collection and influence. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. They just want your data. 
So yeah. now that we're moving into the conversation of AI, it's like all of those times that you hit update and you said, I agree to these terms. Now in those terms, they say, and they have rights to your images, to your voice, mm. to your likeness, mm. because they can repurpose it for anything. Before it was like, oh, we want to put it in a commercial. And you're like, oh, of course they want to put my clip in a commercial. That's great. But now when they're like, hey, we want to buy your voice and we have access, we use your voice from all your videos yeah. and we're just going to use your voice because we have the right to use your voice because everything that you upload is our property. And so when you realize just like what the deeper root of it is, is that they're using social media to train AI to learn human behavior so that they can pretty much create a workforce or anything that doesn't necessarily need the actual human being in it. Who are these people? It's what like <laughs> here's the thing. What like what where are y'all going? What do y'all what, what what's the end goal? The, like the end goal is to have a and I know I sound like a conspiracy theorist, I know I sound crazy, but it's it's the end goal is to have a small number of people with the absolute amount of power. That's always been the goal. That's the goal in any civilization is always a small group of people with the ultimate amount of power who control the masses. And so if you are so, you know, bogged down or hypnotized by TikTok and all you're doing is trying to figure out how you can become a social media influencer, how you can make money, how you're going to have a kid so you can have a little cute kid on your timeline and you can make money. Like, if that's what you're consumed with, it's like, who's building the cars? Who's cooking the food? Who's teaching the kids? Who's building the roads? Like, yeah, everybody wants to be a social media influencer now. And they know that, so they keep feeding it. So when the GOP held this hearing about TikTok and they asked those questions, they asked them, I mean, they asked a lot of dumb questions, but they asked some good questions. So it's like, it's one of those instances where like even a broken clock can be right twice a day, right? And That's so, real. So like they're, maybe they're, the impetus for them having this hearing is self-serving because they don't want people on TikTok talking about how crazy the GOP party is and showing, you know, showing, you know, crying moms after their kid got shot in the school. Like whatever their reason is for it doesn't mean that there's an actual real reason why we should actually monitor the amount of access these foreign entities and governments who are using social media. Like, we saw where Facebook did with our elections the past two elections. I exactly. Hold. And that's an American and company. you saw what happened when they finally got Mark Zuckerberg in front of the Senate. Yeah. Them people did not know what to ask him about. <laughs> I know, I they, know. Like, what you saying is good, and they could win a lot of people over if they really ask the right questions and know. do the homework and, and put everybody to task. But we've seen when, when people put them suits on and get in front of Congress, they be up there like, all right, what about uh, downloading music, huh? What about, um, yeah. can you talk to my district about the dangers of social media? Because, you know, they, I have some kids in my Man. town that want to know about the dangers of Facebook. Um what about I? I forgot my password. Oh, How yeah. do I? You know, like they yep. they was in there dra reaching for straws, and it's like, yo, this this is the Facebook dude. You got him in front of you right now. I know, but you know what? But they, but they, for the most part, were never going to grill him because the, what Facebook did benefited their party, benefited the GOP. Sure, and it and it creates this subculture of people who are like, you know, it, it's so weird to me that like. We don't acknowledge that at our core, human beings want the same thing. They okay. want to be able to take care of their family. They want to mm -hmm. have a roof over their head. They want to have food in their bellies. They mm -hmm. want to have education in their minds. They want to have the ability to do and, and spend their time and their money the way they choose to do those things. If that's the basic understanding of what human beings want, safety, protection, mood, money, and food, mm -hmm. 
then you realize that we are more alike than not alike. Sure. But it's easier to cause division within people when you can put up an article that says, you know, lizard people are kidnapping kids and keeping them in the basement of pizzerias and you got mm -hmm. 10,000 likes on the shit instead of Facebook being like, that is not fucking real. Yeah. Don't believe this shit. Now you got to add like the paranoia and the the reason why these people want to believe in these things, right, is because they just want the basic shit of shelter, food, money, and security. And they can't get it. So now they're looking at the idea that there's this like whole big, you know, underworld community of people who are doing crazy shit. It's like, nah, nigga, they just don't want to give you universal health care. Mm. Be mad about that. Mm. You mad? You mad about some like fake ghost that's coming in here and threatening your family when it's your elected officials that don't even want your kids to live? They'd rather have a, a gunman coming in and shoot your kids than to prevent <sighs> gun violence. And you over here talking about Mexicans coming into this country? Like, it's crazy the the brainwashing that happens that allows people to really like live in fear, and that's what they want to profit off of—the fact that we are living in fear. That's that's real. That's real. You know, it's like <laughs> we don't normally get this deep on on the pod, but I'm I'm here with you. You know, it is weird that it's like kids dying, but also you know it's like, hey man, these drag performers trying to read to the kids, and it's like I don't know. Do you read to the kids? No. It's a, uh, is it's it is it that crowded to read to the kids where they you know it's like I don't know. It's a distraction. They trying. They trying to get CR. Like first of all, CRT is a is a. First it's a college all, course. College course. You got to opt into CRT. Yeah. But they're using it now, and you know everybody said they were. They 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 use the banning of CRT to ban everything. Like how you use CRT to ban the Diary of Anne Frank? Come on. Like and I and I feel like everybody should read the Diary of Anne Frank. Yeah. Because she was. What the child? I was her age when I read it in school, and I was like, "God damn, this is intense!" Like yeah, I just, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't fathom a world where people were that cruel, and also where people were willing to sacrifice their lives to save other people. Mm -hmm. And I get the sacrifice your life part, okay? Because as an African American, we hear about the underground railroad and what people did to help, you know, slaves and you know all of that stuff. But like the brutality that that was experienced, and this young girl trying to figure out if she's going to live to see another day. Like we all need to acknowledge that these things happen in our past these things happen so that we don't repeat them but when you act like they don't happen and they don't exist and you give people the the green light to repeat the shit yeah or to think that it doesn't happen and it happens all it's happening now and somewhere in this world somebody is hiding because they're being persecuted by an oppressive religious or or government regime mm -hmm. i mean like if i was a history teacher and you told me all right crt is illegal you cannot make theories based on race. You cannot make racial connections to things that happen. My syllabus is going to be thousands of pages. Because <laughs> now we have to learn each event as an individual yeah, event. I'm yep. sorry. I can't connect them. None of these things are connected. Mm -hmm. But we are going to learn as much of them as possible. So, hey, it's going to be a lot of racist things that, that, are, yeah. that are learned. But that's because I can't make any connections. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, you like, can't even infer, but you mm -hmm. have to leave it up to them. And when a student's raise their hand, it's like, is this because of racism? You're like, hey, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey. <laughs> then the next day, this happened. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, Chloe, what's your favorite color sky? Favorite color sky? Mm-hmm. 
All right. I like um I like when the sun is setting and it's kind of like an ombre. So like the top of the sky is like a little grayish. Okay. Blue, and then it gets to like a burnt orange. Okay. As the sun is setting, yeah. All right. All right. Um. Yeah. No. I asked everybody that on the podcast. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The sunset is really popular. Really? A lot of people, yeah. You, a lot you of people see like a lot it. of you see a lot of good quality sunsets here in LA versus mm-hmm, in New mm-hmm. York. New York is obstructed by buildings and skyscrapers and yeah, yeah, else. yeah. Here we we have dirty air, but it, it looks nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> also, there's no trees. There's not there's not a lot of trees in LA. Not a lot of trees, and then the trees are skinny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get to see a lot of the sky, but you still have a lot of light pollution. So no stars. Uh, at nighttime, okay, so have you ever seen, like, what you may believe to be, like, an unidentified flying object when you look up in the sky at night? Sure, but I grew up near an airport, so I always oh, think it's, like, it's, it's a, a plane. plane. But, you know, I thought that, too, but, you know, where I live, I have a sun deck on my building, and me and my neighbors have been like, yo, I've been up here, and I've definitely seen some shit darting in the sky. But like, yo, you too? Like, yeah, I've seen it. So I don't know if it's, like, you know, an actual alien entity or if it's like you know something somebody's flying in the sky but mm-hmm. i've definitely been like i think i need a telescope i would love i would love for aliens to contact. i feel like aliens owe it to black people to contact us first okay yeah so if aliens contact us first what happens like how does it get out there i think they i think they need to ask us what's up like you ever all right you ever come to like a person's event and you don't really know the people like that but mm-hmm, like you know mm-hmm. somebody you know somebody in there or you know somebody's gonna tell you the truth yeah and yeah you find them first you're like all right so give me a rundown what like what am i in for like let me know what i yeah, need to be yeah. thinking about who i need to be talking to like who's running this shit or whatever like who's really running it or who say they run? like you mm-hmm, know like they need mm-hmm. to come to us for like the cliff notes first okay so then who 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 is us who like like who would you deem as the person that the aliens should holler at mm. first that they could really get the rundown? Um, I would say okay, if they really wanted the rundown, mm-hmm. I would say for comical reasons. I think they should go on, on uh, drink champs. Drink champs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get they get the info from Nori. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, <laughs> they sit down. Holy guacamole! Okay, we got the alien in here. All right, uh, yo, so so so, out of space. Like, what what's that like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Answer them questions. Holy guacamole! Make some noise for the alien coming to the drink champs. <laughs> Get a couple cups of Hennessy. What's your name, Wimwam? Come on, Wimwam. Drink some Hennessy. Drink some of this Tiger Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think they need to tell. I think, I mean, I, I I'm saying this in jest, but I do feel like if aliens were to contact us, they they should probably have like a side conversation with black people. Like, listen, I know a lot of this shit ain't your fault. So yeah, yeah. Let's cut a deal, and you know, Erica Badu. Uh, Erica Badu think? not even gonna be phased. First of all, the alien come to Erica Badu. Erica Badu is gonna be like, you know, I I knew yeah. this day would come. Yeah, yeah. What do y'all want to know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Erica Badu is definitely a good person. Yeah, but I, I think they need to come and tell us first. You ever see that? It was a movie. I think who was in it? I can't. I think it was the man who played Benson, Robert Gu- Goulier, Gulliam. 
Okay. Um, but it was a movie a while ago, and aliens came to America, and they were like, "Give us all your black people." And he worked with like a pol- he worked for like a political office, and he was like, "There's no way, there's no way, we're not going to give up all the black people." And all the white people was like, "Yeah, yeah, we're giving up the black people." And so at the, at the end of it, it was like all the black people like going on a spaceship and like being sent away. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. But also, can you imagine what this world would look like? Like how this world would operate if there were no people of color on it. Like anybody that's darker than. I uh, think it would be like a day of people being chipper, right? They uh-huh. get like one day of being like, well, you know, hey, this was pretty nice, yeah. you know? And then after that, they realize like everything's just crumbling. Yeah, it, it will, I think it would be like Mad Max in the Thunderthome. There was no real mm. black or brown people there. It was just a bunch of white folks in the desert fighting, mm. killing each other, mm-hmm. gouging each other's mm-hmm. eyes out, trying to find water. And Tina Turner, but Tina Turner used to being the only black person in the room. Oh, absolutely. And still, Let me you know, tell you what Tina Turner down. said. After she got done with Ike, she said, <laughs> I can't be in a room with more than two niggas, <laughs> me included, okay? Maybe Oprah and Gail, that's it. That maybe, is it. That maybe. is it. And that's on special occasions. Special. The cameras, cameras better be rolling. <laughs> Keep them niggas away from me. <laughs> that's what she said. I'm done. We don't need another hero. <laughs> we don't need another nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tina Turner if you're listening out there. Living her best life mm-hmm. over there in Europe with her man. She chilling. 80-something. Have you seen the play? No, no, I haven't seen it. Mm-mm. Me neither. Because I also want to know, like, I saw the movie. Like, I don't know. I mean, how do you make domestic right. violence a musical? Well, like, I think it's really sad what happened. Because they told Tina Turner, if you write the book, then you'll get past it. Mm-hmm. You know? So she writes I, Tina with Kurt Loder from MTV. Mm-hmm. And then they turn I, Tina into What's Love Got to Do With It. And then black people took this traumatic movie... Wow. And turned it into like a favorite, just uh, yeah. a movie that like we when we Jay- act. When Jay Z said "Eat the Cake" anime on Beyonce song, yeah, and it's not even like song cry. It's not even like no. like he's like trying to make us sad. She, it's she, like oh, we're drunk and partying. We're drunk in love. Yeah, and he yeah. like eat the cake anime, and it's like to I could like. If I was her, I'd be doing niggas too. I would be yeah. doing niggas too. But but I think that the larger issue is like we don't take anything seriously. We just don't We don't take we don't take we domestic don't. violence seriously. We don't take yeah. murder seriously. Like we just like I mean, especially as comedians, but like now I think because of social media Everybody is finding their comedic voice. I mean, I yeah, read, we're I read, seeing that there's a lot of funny people of funny out people. here that aren't being funny professionally. Yeah, there's a lot of like the next tweet is I have nothing to promote, but like I'm glad <laughs> this blew up. You know, this was cool. Yeah, I, I couldn't deal with this every day. No you way. know, but yeah, because like we don't take anything seriously. But that's why I think if the aliens like. If we found out that the aliens got to, you know, Nori or or Erica Badu or mm-hmm. whatever, then immediately we hit them with the jokes. Of course. Like if the apocalypse happens and oh, we still man. have a little bit of social media, 
We the the memes are flying. Okay, so I feel like there's certain types of people. So the apocalypse is happening. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Like, okay, is it like, am I seeing like stuff like the earth? You know. Yeah. So you see, like you like you open up your curtain and you see the horsemen trotting around the horizon. You just okay. see them. You see fire and brimstone. What you doing? I might open my phone. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm not recording it. I'm not the person that's like, no. oh, I, oh, what is like? I'm mm-hmm. trying to, I'm trying to get my last viral on <laughs> in the apocalypse. <laughs> but I do want to get like confirmation. Other people mm-hmm. are seeing what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, but yeah, I, but I'm not like, oh yeah, let me go live. You mm. know. <laughs> I think for me, I would, I would, I would just turn it wherever I'm at into a party. You know, I would just, I would yeah. want to go out on a high note. Yeah, With, but everybody's not gonna be in the party mood. Some people gonna be praying. Uh, listen, I've been like, some people I, gonna look, be, look. get that last prayer in at the buzzer. I'm gonna be like Jesus. You know, I fuck with you. <laughs> Where the party at? <laughs> no, I would. I would try to go out on a high. I would try to go out on a high though. I yeah. wouldn't be sad or anything, but I would try to go out on a high. Now, okay. Same question, different scenario. Same question. You open up your curtains and you see it's straight up civil war popping out here. Okay. What you doing? Um, I'm, I'm seeing if I could like brace myself. Like I'm, I'm not going out into mm-hmm. the civil war. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready for somebody to bust in. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. yeah, For yeah. like your supplies and shit. Yeah, like, yeah, last yeah, of us. yeah, yeah. Well, like I'm like, like trying to figure out how to board the windows mm. up, you know, put some stuff in front of the door. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, make it tough on somebody to get in. That's true. Yeah. You have weapons? No. Oh, well, no. you might as well leave your door open, fam. Hey, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see a scenario where I have a weapon and it changes things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. If anything, it's like, oh, well, now this person's in survival mode. Mm-hmm. They might have just came to rob me, but now that I pulled a gun out, now they pulled their gun out. Yeah. Now it's a gun off. Well, that's the thing about living in L.A. that's different than New York. It's like, I know we talk about gun violence and crime in New York, but it's nothing like knowing that you're in a space where any and everybody around you has a weapon, has a gun. Well, New York, the guns are back. No, no, the guns are back. But the, the guns gun, are back. But the guns the, are... The crack is back, the guns are back. No, That's the, what I, mean, I always say. First of all, the guns never left. <laughs> but the gu- if the crack is back, the guns are back, you know? <laughs> but the guns are in, But the guns are in concentrated areas that you can avoid. If you so choose to. I'm, from what I hear, they in Times Square. Well, I haven't been in New York like that in a while. From what I so. hear, it goes down in Times Square yeah, but, right but now. N- exactly, but and you know. When I lived know, in New York, Times Square was Disneyland. What I'm saying, well, that's like Melrose here. Like, people be getting stuck up on Melrose yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, robbed yeah. and shot all the time on Melrose, which is weird. Because when you hear Melrose, you think, like, Melrose Place and, like, this great mm-hmm, Hollywood. No, mm-hmm. it's Melrose is, the, is like, West 4th Street. Okay. Okay. Like the the um, but the elements that come there to prey on the people who are like just want to buy an expensive shirt or whatever. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so, but then you just know. Okay, I'm gonna avoid West Shore Street, Melrose, or Times Square. But here, I mean, I saw people arguing in the pavilions parking lot over a spot. Oh yeah. And they gonna pull out, and it's yeah. like I didn't expect this. You know, like like people are always like, oh yeah, if you go south, 
then you'll have issues, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, somebody will pull up on you at the Grove for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's it's too it's too many ways out. Yeah. There's too many ways out. If something was going to happen to you, the Grove would be a, a crazy place. Also, then, yeah. You, also, in L.A., the, the, the crime comes to you. Like they they were like yo I just saw a nigga buying a lot of shit come roll yeah. up and they be like skirt they be there yeah and New York everybody ain't got a car like that you gotta mm -hmm. get on a train and wait for the express to come and drop you off where people's buying expensive shit at mm -mm. facts I, <laughs> I can't I, I had to do that you know what I'm saying like you know I'm a pacifist but it's it's scary you are a pacifist for real. Yeah. Why? I, do we need war? Do we need violence? This is the thing. I tell I tell a joke about this. Violence is the answer. What? If someone That's if, not what Marvin Gaye said. And Marvin Gaye got killed by his daddy. Exactly. Popped in the head in his own damn house. So violence is violence is the answer when violence is the question okay so if someone is being violent with you mm -hmm. you gotta be violent back because nobody respects pacifists but what but okay is is self-preservation violence like if you swing at me and i duck but i don't swing back is it in you know what i'm saying if i figure out how to get out of there that's not violence. The thing is, you gotta you gotta understand that we as human beings are bloodthirsty. It's it's now a part of our daily conversation. People go on social media to see people bust their fucking face open. They go they they have an accident and they upload a video of them taking an L. So we have been programmed to like think of these things as like America's funniest home videos, right? So so our our we've been desensitized to violence, mm -hmm. which is fucked up. But also in that in that desensitization, sorry my invisalign. Um is that now people are bloodthirsty. They mm -hmm. crave that thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so you think that a person who's craving blood is going to be okay because they didn't connect on a punch and they're going to walk away and be like, I didn't connect on my punch. Let me rethink some things. No, they're going to be like, oh, next time I'm going to shoot them. Next time I'm going to knife them. Next time I'm going to like blow up their house. It's like we're dealing with people who are fucking nuts in the world. And so to think that you just being like, I'm praying to God and I'm going to turn the other cheek is going to stop those types of people from being who they are, you are out of your mind. But that doesn't mean I got to be nuts. It's not about being nuts. It's you about know what I'm saying? Like, like just because, okay, you know, if I if I assume they're going to they gonna stab, they're going to they gonna shoot, give them a hug. Rob, I give hope them that a hug. Yo, hey, if somebody steps to you, they put their fist up, you open those fists and give them a hug. Famous last words. <laughs> Put that on his tombstone. Now, okay. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't want people to think that I'm I'm not a violent person. However, you sound you sound like you you no, a UFC you, Chloe right no, now. No, but if you step to me, <laughs> if you if Chloe. you step to me, if you threaten my life or mm -hmm. the life of my family or my friends and people that I love, and you think that you ain't gonna get dealt with, you are crazy. What is dealt with? Whatever it is, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is. And I don't mean like disrespecting, like saying words or some shit, but like yeah. if you run up on me, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I got to defend myself. 
And I think that, yeah. and I think that also more women need to learn how to defend themselves. Like, I no, took, that's real. I took self defense classes, so when I say violence, meet violence with violence. I'm not saying like you walking down the street and somebody you know disrespect you and you like shank them. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if you're in a position where your life is on the line, you sure. gotta defend yourself. Sure, you have to defend yourself. And that that might be my privilege as a man saying I'm a pacifist. Because I've seen a lot of people online. I saw this one girl tell the story about how she, uh, this guy asked her for a number. She said no. He punched her in the face. Mm-hmm. And then the thread were all these other women saying that the same thing happened to them. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I've, I didn't even know that that was a thing. And then not only that, it's like, I know I will never have to go through Mm -hmm. that. You know, like on the one or two occasions where someone's asked for my number and I've said... Not the one or two occasions. (laughs) And I've said no. (laughs) Like, you know, I don't have to worry about, all right, they're going to beat me down, you know? Yeah. That's sad. No, I mean, I remember being like a teenager walking down the street and a guy was trying to holler at me and I'm like, no, thank you. And as I walked past him, he just like chucked like a empty snapple bottle at me you know like dang like, snapple's like, glass glass yeah and it just like hit like maybe like a few like a foot in front of me you know yeah. but it's like that's the shit that we got to deal with as women you know what i mean so Jeez. i think i absolutely think that women should be taking self-defense classes at at bare minimum and i and i have a joke about you know um i read this article this woman said like my boss he this is the me too movement she's like my boss put his dick in my mouth and i'm like you should bite that dick off like Duh, bite that dick. Why would you, you not know, bite the dick off? People say that like it's just easy. How do you know that that's easy? Because how it, do you know that that's? I, well, let me tell you one if thing. It, if it's ready to present, it might not be that easy to just, just bite off. Let me tell you something that I know. No dick is tougher than these fucking teeth. Okay. Sure, but 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 off is another level. Off is like like unhinged. But like listen, off is wait, like so you, okay, you know so, what I'm okay, saying. Rob, Humans Rob. Are, are are you know we, wait a we, we don't have the carnivore tools. You know what I'm saying. We got to heat up our food. I didn't we, say I didn't say fillet it and flambe it. I said bite it off to save your life. If it's between me being sexually assaulted and raped and you getting your dick sucked, guess who ain't getting their dick sucked? I'm with you. I'm not <laughs> pro assault, right? I'm not, I'm just saying that the concept of bite off, like bite it, I get that. That's going to get you out of the situation. Bite off, bite I don't as know. Hard, if, as hard as you need to bite it to get up out that situation. There we go. There we go. If you don't got to <laughs> cut it clean off, then don't cut If you got to leave some teeth marks in like a toddler, then okay. do it. Okay. All right. But that's traceable. Maybe it's, it's, a, it's a less traceable crime. Clean off, then you don't have to of DNA matching, you know what I'm saying? No, I got, who, who assaulted you? The nigga whose tip of dick it is right here. Yeah, that's napping. true. That's true. <laughs> that's wild to go to the police with teeth marks and be like, hey, you know, I crossed the line, but, you know, we we both crossed some lines. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Nah, you got to so, maim them. Sure, you got to do something. Sure, Like, it's never going to be me. That's what I'm saying. And, and, if it, okay. and if it is, I'm going down, dragging everybody. I'm taking everything down with me. I got you. Okay. But I also understand that I have privilege, right? Because I'm a big person. Okay. You know, I'm 6'1", and I've been inside since I was 12. So my worldview is definitely programmed by my experience as a taller woman. Got you. 
So I know that there's things that I can do. But I mm-hmm. also know that if I'm being sexually assaulted by a man, he ain't going to be light with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to really have to fight. Like, I'm yeah. a re- it's going to be like, yeah, a dick will get pulled off. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know we would get there, folks. You know, we, Listen, I'm gotten... multifaceted. <laughs> we've gotten through uh, a lot of uh, different topics. Um, Chloe, if you could have been any animal other than a human being, what would you be? I would be an owl. An owl? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Owl, you... owl or elephant. Owls see everything. They're nocturnal. Mm-hmm. They, they know how to hide. They know how to pray. They mind their business. Um, and elephants, because they have great memories and amazing family bonds and community. Well, I wonder what, like, how things are from an elephant's vantage point. Like, they have memories, but, like, what are they witnessing? They see everything. They see you, everything. You never heard, you didn't see that. So I don't know if it was true or not, but, I mean, it could be true because elephants are like that. But there was an article about this woman who, like, used to taunt elephants, and then when she died, like, an elephant came and, like, stomped on her grave. You ain't got to lie and say it was an article. <laughs> no. We all saw the video. Oh, it was the video? You ain't got to flex and remember. be like, well, I read about it. Oh, nah, no, nah, I didn't, Chloe. I didn't you, see No, the video. we saw it. I we saw it. it. No, the elephant came through the funeral <laughs> I didn't know there was a video. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, like example, like yeah. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. elephants don't fuck around. I don't. Yeah, but I don't know if I would want to see the like. I would want to remember so much. I don't know. I remember a lot, and I feel like you know you remember good things, but you also remember bad things. You also remember you know disappointments and and different stuff. And I I don't know if I'm an elephant and just. But those things, they remember those things because those things guide their survival, right? Mm. So, like, they remember the past. They remember, okay, when we went this way, there was poachers that killed my baby, so we don't want to go this way. Remember this way, there's water this way, you know? So they're remembering things based on, like, how they need to travel for their survival. Got you. You know, they're not just sitting back, flipping through the elephant times, (laughs) being like, 97 was a crazy year. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen an owl skeleton? Oh, it's like tiny, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. All, it's, it's all feathers. Like, it's like feather pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, they're bigger than you think, too. Yeah, yeah. Like they got a huge wingspan. Um, <laughs> Chloe, any anything you wanna uh, want the people to find? Want the people to find you? Sure. Um, you could check out the new season four of a Black Lady Sketch Show. You can watch it on HBO Live on Fridays at 11 p.m. Real HBO. Real HBO. You can watch it on HBO Max streaming, wherever streaming um, thing you have. Um, Also, you can uh, read my book if you want to know more about me. Uh, pick up I my book. I forgot you got a book. Yeah, yeah. A whole author. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a book. Yeah. Um, Called Fuck Your Diet. So check that out. Um, and if you if you if you enjoy the conversation, the book is reflective of that, right? So I mix a lot of like my personal experiences with like facts and figures and like you know things that happen throughout history that influence how we relate to food and the food industry and diet and exercise and self esteem. So if you're into those things, you should check it out. And it's also really funny and engaging. So it's not like a TED talk. It's chill. Um, and if you like to listen to auto books, audio books, I recorded the audio. So if you want to hear this. You did the audio? Yeah. If you want to hear okay. this, this New York accent. 
That's what's on. up. That's what's up. I, I like it. listening to audio books. I feel like the person is, you know, yeah. really telling their story. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. fun. It was. It took a couple days, but it was fun. So, yeah, so pick up um, Fuck Your Diet. I'm also releasing a clothing line entitled um, Fuck Your Diet as well. Okay, okay. So, so it'll be some, like, hoodies and joggers and all that stuff. So, okay. you know, athleisure wear for the people, who, you know, who like to just be comfortable. That's that's my Jewish. It should just be leisure. Athleisure. We got to fake like you about to do a little something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause the Put dip, a little ass in there. Like, oh, right, know? so you wear an athleisure wear, right? So if, sure. So this jumper, this suit, if it was just a regular champion shoot, it's giving off a completely different energy. That's true. But also That's like true. old school champion, not like the new hip champion. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, so it's yeah. like the athleisure, it makes it elevated. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah, it's offensive if I just come with the old school If you came with, the, with the elastic ankles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and lastly, you can follow me on Instagram because I'm not on TikTok and, and okay. Twitter's a wrap. So um, Chloe underscore Hilliard. And I'll be posting some more comedy clips of me, which I realize that's all people want to see on Instagram anyway. That's that's what Instagram wants you to think. I feel like if you post a, a fun thread, if you figure out a di- unique way to use the carousel, different stuff, mm-hmm. Instagram will reward you. Mm-hmm. But... They want you to think the only way through is is videos. Yeah, because they're trying to compete with TikTok. But once TikTok gets out of here, they already said we're not paying y'all for videos no more. Who? Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah, they were like, no more bonuses. I was like, So Yo. what's the point? So how do you make money? It's just, I guess it's just like partnerships and like... Yeah, yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, that's not like a full-time job. I ain't got time to do all of that. That's why my, my social media has, de- like, my social media has definitely taken a hit. Like, we you know, with working the job and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I just don't have the time. And then whenever I do have time to pop up on social media, it's like a completely different landscape. Like, it, yeah. like, it feels so different, like, when you pop that. Like, I feel like I was in prison and I came back. I'm like, yo, it's different out here. Yeah, y'all, yeah, Y'all out here just on this shit all mm-hmm, the time. Like, it feels mm-hmm. really strange. But, you know, I, I applaud people who are able to make a life a, li- a livelihood on social media especially a lot of black and brown people who are pulling in six figures that they wouldn't be able to do so you yeah. know we also got to keep in mind like the incentive to get rid of social media that will also impact people's livelihood so like i hope there's a, a good middle ground i hope we get our own i hope we get our own thing mm-hmm. and then we don't have to follow the rules you know if i put we up a rules. podcast clip somebody say the n-word the sound gets taken down. That's true. I ain't even say it. They that's black. True. They said it. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's it's all kind of d- different rules. I was watching the verses. Too short and E forty. Too short just did shake that monkey. E forty did you and that monkey. I put up a monkey emoji. <laughs> they flagged me for racism. It's two monkey songs back to back. Why else would I have a monkey emoji except for this moment? And now I'm flagged. Exactly. They're like, this is inappropriate. Too much. I'm black too. No, they don't know that. They just saw that monkey. That AI was like, whoop. No. <laughs> oh, a monkey on versus? Not today. <laughs> this has been the Inconsistent Podcast with Rob Hayes. Make sure y'all subscribe. Um, if you haven't subscribed, 
Make sure you you follow the Patreon. It's a little lagging these days. I'm, I've been super busy, but you know, in in a couple of weeks it will get back popping. I feel like you named your shit inconsistent, so they know what they signed up for. Exactly, it is the brand. <laughs> it is on brand. The podcast is gonna be super on brand in April and May. And then, you know, we'll go back to being off brand after that. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it'll just continue to be busier and busier. And y'all don't hear from me, but, you know, y'all will see me doing stuff in the future. Who knows? 